Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Amen. His love is greater. Uh, There are some Bibles under your seats, and if you don't have one, uh, now you do. That's our gift to you. We believe everybody should have a copy of God's Word to read for themselves. Uh, You were also handed a Connect card when you came in the door this morning. If you want to fill that out, put any prayer requests you have on that, those go in the back in the offering baskets. Uh, Those are there for those of you who want to support what we do and how we as a body show people Jesus. would love for you to do that. I wrestled this week with the angle of the message. Uh, We are in a series called You Are, and on the one hand, I felt really called and led to preach a message that that spoke to me, you are in process, because life is a dynamic journey, and things are always changing. Uh, the drama is real, right? All you homeschool moms are, are now like praying, Jesus, please help me. Uh, life is a process. But on the other hand, on the flip side, life is a blessing. Life is a joy. There are always new things to learn and experience and ways to grow. Life is a blessing from God. You are in process. Now, some of you, depending on where you are in your relationship with Jesus, maybe, maybe you're new to this whole process of growing and learning and with Jesus. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here, by the way. Uh, our hope as a church is that you experience Jesus and that he becomes as necessary to you as breathing itself. Uh, some of you grew up in a family of believers, and you kind of know this process and know his presence, and you always have. And if that's you, you are so blessed. But you know that you are not done growing, and the process hasn't stopped for you either, because Jesus is always teaching us things, he's always affirming, directing, calling us to offer hope and encouragement to others helping us handle challenges in life. And then some of you are in this process and you fall into a different category. You actually remember the day Jesus became real to you. When he became your savior, took the weight of your sin off your shoulders and your whole world changed that day. In some way, you probably remember your life taking a dramatic 180, and you undoubtedly remember what your life was like before you were in process with Jesus. And the rest of us love to hear your stories of how God transformed your life. Wherever you are in the process of faith with Jesus, be thankful, because God's got you right where he wants you. And the longer you, you know Jesus, the longer you stay in that process together, the more mature your relationship with Jesus will become. It'll get deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like any other relationship. 
The more you read the Bible, the more you pray, the more you hang out with other believers, the more you will see the evidence of the presence of God in your heart and in your life. How how many of you know someone that picks up phrases from people they talk with and relate to? Anybody know anybody like that? A lot of people do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can almost tell, like, who that person has been hanging around by the topics they talk about and maybe certain phrases that they use. The aim of our journey with Jesus and hanging out with him in this process of life is for us to see more and more evidence of his presence in our lives as we read, we pick up on his thoughts and his feelings and phrases that we read. As we hang around the body, our character is transformed. The the goal in this journey of faith isn't to muster up enough strength on our own to like stop sinning per se. Although that will happen in the process, but the goal of this journey of faith is to know Jesus as deeply and as intimately as he knows you. The more we know him, the more he will transform our lives. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says it this way. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. And mirrors back in biblical days weren't like super clear. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. That's the goal, to know as we are fully known. If you know God is good, give me an amen this morning. Amen. Amen. If you know God is loving and gracious, give me a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know what we know now about his goodness, his love, and his grace? It's like only a reflection. It's just a, a good impression of how amazing God is. Now, what we know is life transforming. We know that God sent his son to redeem us. But we only know a sliver. One day, one day when this process is complete, when we are fully known and when we know fully as we are known now, God is gonna blow us away with his majesty. And on that day, the transformation in our lives will be complete. Until then, you and I will remain in process as we grow in grace. Now, most people have heard the biblical truth found in 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So in other words, this process works in reverse. You hang around Jesus, you hang around godly people, God will transform your life. You hang around the wrong people, well, bad company corrupts good character. How many of you at some point in life hung around the wrong crowd and did some things you're not proud of. Mm-hmm. Like, like most of us. <laughs> you see, God was building your testimony at that time. And you can testify to the truth that the word is true. Bad company corrupts good character. And 
because you are now in process. You can testify the truth that God does, in fact, transform hearts and lives. Share your story because you are now new in Christ. Now, for those of you who just grew up knowing Jesus, like you did, you never knew anything different. And, and you don't feel like you have one of those dramatic turnaround stories. Well, you need to share that story too because you are living every parent's dream and every parent's heart. Somebody, somebody this morning needs to hear that God can accomplish that work in their kid's life. Because they are praying. Maybe they just had a little baby. And they're praying, Lord, Lord, please keep my kid from all the stupid, risky stuff I did as a teenager. Would you please answer that prayer? And you have proof that God can do it. Your testimony, testimony shows us that there is hope in Jesus. Church, you are in the right place at the right time at the with the right people to be in the process of experiencing God's transform, transforming power. Your job is to share your testimony because somebody needs to hear it. Now, many of you have heard me quote this quote before. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become habits. Your habits will set your character. Your character will direct your choices, which will determine your destiny. Apart from Christ, the outlook of all of our destiny is not good. Just saying. Jesus really is the only way truth, and life. Not because I said so, but because God said so. When you meet Jesus, God changes your destiny. The, the, the moment you invite him into your life to forgive your sins, your destiny changes. But then he begins transforming all the other aspects of that quote. God will change your choices. He will change your habits. He will transform your character. Your actions will look different. Your words will sound different. And your thoughts will even start to be transformed by his grace. Your destiny changes the instant you accept Jesus. The rest is a process day by day. Here are the verses that Everything in this sermon so far has been based off of. It's Romans 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, his offering us a changed destiny when we didn't deserve it, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Not, like not in your thinking, not in your choices, not in your acting, not in your habits, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Even your character will change. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. As you know him, he will transform you and you will become more like him. 
You are in process. I love the idea of just kind of camping out there this morning and looking for ways to say, you know what? Don't beat yourself up if you make mistakes on this process. Extend that grace to other people because life is a process of being transformed through the grace of God. But I also felt compelled this morning to share another life. You are truth. Because in this process of life and faith with Jesus, you are not always in control. Let me say that again. You, this, this bothers some of you. <laughs> you are not always in control. Now, you do have control over your choices. We are told to choose this day whom we will serve, Joshua 24. You are told that you are in control of your thoughts. We were supposed to take those captive, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10. You are control, in control of your words. We are to keep our mouth and our tongue in check, Proverbs 21 tells us. You are in control of your actions. There are a host of scriptures that command us to love one another and relate to one another in a certain way. You are in control of your character. We are to evidence the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. We are in control and responsible for all of those things empowered by the Spirit of God. Free will, just as a side this morning, is why we can confidently say that God is loving and just while at the same time understanding that some people will actually go to hell. If someone doesn't choose God, his preordained way to salvation, Jesus, they will suffer the consequences for those choices. If God were responsible for making that choice for me and for you, and we weren't involved, we could actually question the character of God. Would he, would, would, would a loving God really create someone just to send to hell? Would John 3.16 then really be alive for God so loved the world? If God loved everyone, why wouldn't God choose to awaken faith in everyone. But see, if we're responsible for making the choice to respond to his grace that is available to us all, the love that is for us all, well then God is just and loving even in sending those who don't choose him to help. But if he created them and didn't awaken faith in them, you could question whether he's really loving and really just. We are free to choose because God gave us the freedom to do so. But then we are also responsible for the consequences, even the eternal consequences that we make. Not choosing Jesus has eternal consequences. Now, there are some things that you are in control of and some things that you are not. Uh, you are not, as everyone knows, in control of what people think, feel, or say with their free will. Uh, you are not in control of life situations like the economy or the traffic you get stuck in on the way uh, to Pittsburgh in the morning. You are not in control of the forces of nature like gravity or the weather. Uh, if you fall, you will get 
hurt. It's just the way it is. You won't float. You cannot control the fact that you will experience pain. Even Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. And you have no control over the past. What is done is done. One of AA's core prayers recognizes that there are some things that you can change and some things you cannot. You're probably, you've probably heard the serenity prayer before. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You see, I believe that's where being in process with Jesus and not always being in control collides in our lives. Fighting to change the things that you have no control over will always lead to frustration. Sometimes that frustration gets aimed at God because we expect him to change the things that we are not in control over, which is a way to want control, right? Other times, we are just mad because we want to be in control. (laughs) Not to mention, we also have an enemy that will try to undermine our process and our faith transformation with Jesus. He will try to disrupt every aspect of that process of transformation. His goal is to undermine our destiny. He will suggest ungodly thoughts. He will tempt you with ungodly actions. If you falter in sin, he will try to have those become habits that destroy your character. His goal is to ultimately have us question Jesus and our choice to choose to follow him and be in his presence. He wants us to choose to walk away like the prodigal son, never to come to our senses and return home. But the truth is, being in process with Jesus and discovering that you are not always in control is an opportunity to trust the one that is. And let me say that again, because that's good preaching. Being in process with Jesus and discovering you are not always in control is an opportunity to trust the one who is. I don't know if there's a better example in all of Scripture of that principle than the story of Joseph. Remember Joseph? He was born, he had lots of brothers, and he was his dad's favorite son. And he had some dreams, and he shared them with his family, and they hated him for it. They hated him. And they took the opportunity and they threw him in a pit and they sold him into slavery. It was not not in his control. Later, one of his brothers felt guilty and said, you know what, we heard him crying, we heard him whining, he didn't want to go. Can you imagine how that would haunt you the rest of your days, throwing your baby brother in a pit and sell him into slavery? Well, Joseph gets to Egypt and he's hired, he's bought by a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar puts him to work in his household, and he's blessed there. But Potiphar's wife has her eye on Joseph. And she tries to lure him into a a relationship that's inappropriate, and Joseph says no, and he gets thrown into jail. Can you imagine how helpless You would be in a foreign country, now in jail, 
because you chose the right thing to do? He's in jail and God blesses him again. And then he interprets a dream and one guy dies and one guy lives. And the guy that lives is supposed to remember Joseph and talk to Pharaoh and he's forgotten. Joseph sits in prison again. Can you imagine how lonely and abandoned and forgotten you would feel sitting in prison? And then one day, someone remembers Joseph having interpreted dreams, and he's blessed, and it gets put in charge of all of Egypt. And his brothers come to visit him. I honestly don't know if I would have had the character, the hope to be in process that long with that kind of disappointment. But Joseph somehow held on to the intimate presence of God while not being in control of hardly anything in his life. And church, this is, this is where I believe God wants to challenge us this morning. Because too many people in process give up when they feel betrayed. Too many people who are in process with Jesus quit when they feel trapped or enslaved. Too many people give up when they face temptation and think God doesn't care. Too many people in process with Jesus give up when they have false accusations made about them. Too many people in process with Jesus give up when they feel like they're in prison or they've been forgotten. Too many people miss the opportunity to trust the one who is in control when you are not. Somehow, Joseph was able to stay in process. And he kept growing and deepening in his relationship with God. Joseph knew the heart of God. He had to somehow let go of all those things he wasn't in control of and continue to make the right choices. And years later, when his brothers stood before him, he was able to forgive and testify and proclaim the plan of God in all of that. Look at what Joseph told his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20. You, his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You and I are in process and you and I are not always in control, but God wants to use you and I to save lives through sharing your story, your process. This morning, I sense that God wants to heal some hurts and to get you back on this journey with Jesus. Part of you may have given up. Part of you threw in the towel. God wants you to know what those people meant for harm. He wants to weave into your story to bless you and use it for good. As the band comes up and we worship, I, I want you to come and tell Jesus that you're going to start pursuing him again. If you want to let him take down the walls of your heart so that you can love again, come. If you want to 
affirm that you're going to make the choice to forgive. Come and offer forgiveness this morning. If you want to come and intercede for someone that you know needs to make one of those choices, come and intercede for them here this day. I invite you to get back in the process with Jesus. You are not always in control, but it's an opportunity to trust the one who is. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.